This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. Use the promo code BLUECHIP to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ernition. I am joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin Jackson. Devin, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's been a uh, busy week of All-Star Game coverage. So. I haven't slept, uh, so... <laughs> Same. Same, but uh, that is what happens with these All-Star Games, you you got to watch everything, and it's a lot to uh, digest in, in one night. So, Yeah, uh, I think the earliest I wrapped up Senior Bowl coverage this week was 11.30. Yeah. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, is nuts. And then, of course, we're recording this on Friday for Thursday for day three. I didn't get started till 10.30, man. Like, I've gotten started within a few minutes of, of the tape being dropped by exos uh this week i decided you know what it's thursday night i'll be okay i want to spend some time with my family and i waited till 10 30 and i'm kind of glad i did i got that late night crowd man late night senior bowl crowd and i were vibing at 12 30 in the morning and 1 yeah. 30 and 2 30 fucking wouldn't let me go to sleep till about 4 30 in the morning <laughs> i feel like um and this is unrelated, but I feel like Senior Bowl and, and Shrine Bowl week is kind of a taste what happens uh, once things start really getting ramped up for the draft. Because these are really our, I don't want to say introduction, but it's like our gateway to full-time uh, watching players every night and writing up scouting reports and et cetera. So I feel like that's like our, because you, you want to get like a considerable amount done before the senior bowl week and before everything happens with that. But obviously that doesn't always happen. So then you leave senior bowl week and you're like, damn, now I have 40 more players to add to my list. Yeah, man. I had just... to add dudes to my, to my list. My list, I'm, dude, I swear to God, my, my list is probably longer than some of the assignments I have to do for school. Like, this dead is ass it's it's that long man it's it, it's 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 a little ridiculous i love it but actually yeah. you know what i i just love it let's just say that uh today devin and i are gonna run through every position and just sum up who really stood out at each position over the three days in mobile so we'll do the offense then we'll take a break and then we'll come back and do the defense Brace yourselves, y'all. This is going to be a long podcast. Devin and I have gotten used to kind of those 30 to 40 minute podcasts. We might be pushing an hour in this one. So grab a snack, grab a protein bar, grab a beer, whatever you fancy. It's Saturday after all. Let's get started. I, I, said, I, I said that with all the, 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 the vim and vigor, and then I realized we have to start with these quarterbacks. Just, I mean, uh, <laughs> pretty much what we've been saying 
the entire season about the quarterbacks is kind of rang true in Mobile. You know, it was a mixed bag. Who stood out in the best way over the three days? I think my vote is Carson Strong. Um, not necessarily. He, he wasn't always the most consistent, but I think the questions he had about his knee, I feel like some – I don't want to say it's fully, like, done because he still has to go through medicals and et cetera, uh, you know, with teams. But I felt like you had less questions about him coming out of Mobile than you did going in. You know, Definitely. obviously questions about his mobility, questions about if he's going to be healthy. To me, he looked pretty healthy. He looked, he looked pretty good uh, moving on that knee. And, and we we saw this showcase his arm talent and, and how he was able to command a huddle. And I think that was impressive for NFL teams to take a look at and, and see up close and personal. Um, I don't think he's solidified a first round pick or anything like that. I don't think any of these guys have, but I think Carson Strong uh, built a nice foundation that uh, what you saw on tape was what you see in person. You know, I, I can command a huddle. I can command things at the line of scrimmage. I can handle, um, you know, taking snaps under center. I thought he did the best out of all the quarterbacks handling snaps out of center. Because can you pick a struggle mightily? Desmond Ritter, same thing. But it, it was my thing with my thing with Kenny Pickett is like I know that in 2021 it was very much your typical like Heisman style, everything's out of the shotgun offense. But like he had taken snaps under center before. Well, at Pitt, it didn't make any sense. Um I'd be remiss without mentioning that on day two of senior bowl practices in the worst conditions imaginable for the senior bowl, by the way, the senior bowl for the last four years has had one practice moved indoors and it wasn't the one on day two where they were playing in a monsoon. However, in those practices, in that practice, it needs to be said that Malik Willis handled the weather better than the rest of the quarterbacks did. He was able Absolutely. to handle the fact it was cold, it was wet. Um, Kenny Pickett, tiny ass hands, man, tiny hands, and it showed on that day. The ball was slipping; it wasn't coming out right. Malik Willis was the cleanest thrower of the football on day two. What makes it hilarious is that day one he might have also been the worst quarterback. So. There was no consistency. Like, we've seen the Senior Bowl in years past where, like, Carson Wentz comes down. He's being talked about as, like, a, you know, top 50 player, a second-round quarterback. And then he comes out, dominates the rest of the competition there, and all of a sudden he's being talked about the top five. No, none of these guys handled that this year. None of them. Uh, but, but I do think teams definitely fell in love with Malik Willis. I think, I think it will be – unfair not to to talk about that angle because me and you both knew and and a lot of people in the draft community knew he probably had the most dynamic arm of any of the quarterbacks I mean when you watch his tape it's very clear and then he did the same things you know on tape that he he did at the senior bowl but I the thing with I need people to understand and take it with a grain of salt at senior bowl week is that while people in the past have made their statement to be a first-round quarterback and top five pick, top ten pick, this year or or just in general, it, the tape should always tell you that straight up. Like 
senior bowl week is to reinforce it or make teams go back and look at a tape a little bit closer, not necessarily change the complete view of it. So I, I think while Willis had probably the best throws collectively in Mobile, he also has some of the worst throws as well. Yeah. You know, him and Desmond I- Ritter probably had some of the worst throws uh, all week because they, while they're, you know, they may have the size and, you know, kind of moxie to be a quarterback in the NFL, they still have some work to do in their fundamentals. And, and that was clear. Uh, Kenny Pickett just doesn't have the arm strength uh, as Carson Strong, Malik Wilson. I mean, I don't even think he has as strong as arm as Desmond Ritter. And Ritter has I, a I, slightly above average arm. So I would say he doesn't have the arm strength that Sam Howell has either. Yeah, I forgot I about Sam Howell. I mean, I, I feel think, like he's I think a the only man. quarterback, I think the only quarterback down there that he had a stronger arm than was probably Bailey Zappi. That's not saying much. It really isn't. I mean, I'm sitting beside Titan and they're comparable. So no, but that I, was I harsh, think, but yeah, I think Willis did, did himself a favor this week. Uh, I think a team is definitely gonna take a swing on him in the first round. Sam Howe, I thought he he had a, a solid group of practices, but how he just didn't he didn't really stand out, you know. He, he didn't really where I felt like he could have, you know, made an impact in, on the weekend and maybe solidify himself as a first round. I don't think he really did that either. You know, he he made some good throws. Uh, he looked pretty comfortable under center uh, as opposed to to you know, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett. Uh, and even to some degree, uh, Carson Strong and, and his mobility show. But I, I just don't see a, a whole lot you can take from from how. I mean, I thought you maybe had the, the best eye usage uh, down there compared to some of the other quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, just in terms of overall play, I, I thought he was solid, but, but not anything special. Yeah, I mean, th- this quarterback class is what it is. It's it's average. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I, I a hundred percent agree. I, I just think, you know, you can't draw any big, big conclusions from, from the week on the quarterback class. You know what? I, I, I do ultimately think that, you know, Kenny Pickett's, I, I, I don't even know if he gets picked first round, to be honest. I, I just don't think the week, I don't think the week helped him uh, really prove anything in, in, in terms of that. Didn't they measure his hand size, et cetera. I'm sure he'll have a better pro day, but uh, when you're down and have the competition, Jared quarterbacks, and you see him comparable to the other guys, how can you take him as a first quarterback? You know, with what you're getting from him is probably mid-level starter, below average starter. I mean, he, he – He's intelligent. He he makes good decisions, but he just doesn't have the athletic upside that you want to move the needle as a quarterback. I mean, it's simply t- put. Can I tell you who the biggest winner at quarterback was this week? Oh God, Matt Corral. That's true. Matt Corral. I mean, think about it. All these guys were down there. They got extra eyes on them, and it only just showed that, like, yep, they're exactly what we thought they were. They have their flaws. And the next time we see Corral is going to be at the um, is going to be at, at the combine. Very true. I Just mean, saying. listen, we'll see. We'll Cor- see who Corral's throws a at very the combine. Split. Yeah. Pardon? I said we'll see who throws at the combine. Though. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's with, always a big question. With Matt Corral, 
also, it really helps that he had two wide receivers that were down here too. Because then when he has his pro day and he's throwing to those two wide receivers. Yeah, and, yeah. and teams are going to want to go there and, and see him. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, for me, I think in terms of who had the best week ranking wise, I think probably strong Willis, how. Then it just gets Ritter, <laughs> pick it, uh, Zappy, because yeah. Zappy just didn't belong. I'm sorry, he really Look, didn't. I, he I know really people. Didn't. I know people love Zappy, but I, I just did not. I didn't see it beforehand, and I still don't see it. I know that the quarterback position gets a lot of clicks, gets a lot of listens. It's probably why people are listening to this podcast to begin with. Let's move on to something a little less depressing. Yeah, because the, about the, the rest backs. of the position groups were phenomenal. Let's talk about the running backs. The running back and linebacker are positions where for these all-star circuits, I don't really like watching because there's not a whole lot you can take away, right? right? There was a clear running back winner down in Mobile this week, and his name is Damian Pierce, the uh, running back from Florida. Why Florida didn't use him this year, I will never understand. Dude had like 100 touches. His touches were like cut in half from last year, and every time he got the ball, he was a beast and then down here in mobile like he's sending linebackers flying in pass pro he showed good vision you know uh you know using his uh, sorry like he showed like the the vision you want to see in in the team drills like dude i think he was head and shoulders above everyone else yeah he, he had a really really good week uh you know, one of the more consistent weeks, and then he, he showcases his blocking ability and, and receiving ability out of the backfield. I can't tell you how many times he was able to get behind, uh, you know, a linebacker on a one-on-one or was able to defeat them uh, in, in that one-on-one blocking drill. He, he had a really, really good week and, and showed that he's going to be valuable, um, you know, not only as a, a two-down running back, but a three-down running back. So he had a really, really good week. I thought Brian Robinson Jr. had a good day three, but I, I don't think he put together a full, uh, consistent week of practice. Shaw White has some some flashes. Tyler Beatty uh, showed that he can be that uh, change of pace back, I think, at the next level as well uh, with his receiving ability. He had uh, a nice, a couple of nice uh, plays out of the backfield uh, in one in the screen game. Um, trying to think of some other guys down there that, uh impressed um I, I don't think a whole lot in the running back department yeah like um, it's a it's a tough position to gauge in these in these showcases man but uh if we're talking about linebackers uh you know my, who my hey, biggest hey, winner hey, is, hey, but... hey save save that to the other side of the break sir don't, bad, don't... we're just doing offense my oh bad. my goodness burying the lead sir burying the lead Devin, we could spend 15 minutes on the wide receivers, and I, I, I still don't think we, we could cover enough. These wide receivers were straight-up bosses. Well, most of them. Most of them. There were some that were disappointments. Can I get the disappointments out of the way first? Oh, Romeo Dubs. He wasn't all that physical. He struggled to get off of, you know, you know get off of tight coverage and create separation. And the hands are still a problem. Sounds like my scouting report on him. Yeah. Yeah. De- De- no. De- Devin's got the Simpsons meme of the – I addressed that in the article. <laughs> I mean, look, for Doves, to me, he is a 
very finesse type of receiver. Like he wants the ball. He wants to run deep routes. And that is the most you're going to get from him in the, in the current, uh, you know, utilization of him. You're going to use him in screens. You're going to use him uh, on deep routes. You're going to use him to take the top off the defense. I think that's going to be his role earlier in the career because I think he struggles at the line of scrimmage with release packages. They really didn't press him in the Mountain West because if you press him, if he gets off of it, it's a touchdown because there's no one at the foot speed to match him. But now they got the foot speed to match him. They have a really good technique and, and he struggled in, in the show. And he have really, I think, one and a half good practices. You could say, I mean, I think half of day two and then day three looked pretty good, but uh, he just wasn't consistent. And, and it definitely was disappointing. Uh, looking at some other names that were disappointing, Danny Gray, who had to eventually pull out. I was out. just about to say, he had to pull out, but man, Again, similar to Dubs, the hands just weren't there. It, it, I, I think he only did day one, if I remember. Or did he do – did he play in day two? Just day one. Just day one? Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I, I swore it was just day one. But it, it wasn't a good day. I, I understand that you're catching from players you've never caught a pass for, but everything was bouncing off of his hands, Ben. Every single thing. I think he had like one catch in the one-on-one drills the entire day which is not great. Um, and then another one, Virginia Tech's Trey Turner. He didn't really do anything to stand out. Um, honestly, I thought that Trey Turner probably should have been at the Shrine game and Brock Hoffman should have been at the Senior Bowl. I think they actually got the wrong Virginia Tech guys at the wrong bowl games. Trey Turner would have done really well down at the Shrine game, but I think – I think he really struggled to, to stand out in any major way uh, he, uh, down in Mobile. Yeah, uh, the I, other one, I mean, it, it, was oh, a, it was definitely a struggle for him. For one sure. more. One more. Uh, I don't know how this came to be, but day one was a struggle for Ve- uh, Velas Jones Jr., the Tennessee wide receiver. Then day two in the monsoon, I thought he made some good plays. Then day three was kind of back to being average at best. How yeah, wide receivers best game best day of practice comes in a monsoon? I don't know. I mean, collectively as a group, they had easily the worst day uh, on day two, and and some I of it that, was. Well, there... I mean, everyone had a struggle on day two, except for the the, the, the there's another Interior. position that just position just dominated. In yeah. uh, <laughs> on day two, we'll get to that later. But yeah, yeah. what that means is that everyone else stood out fantastically. I thought Alec Pierce showed great route running and good hands. Um, Jalen uh, Tolbert, you know what? Tolbert's hands were better than I expected. I watched his film, he had like 13 drops in the last two seasons, he had five against Tennessee. I think he maybe dropped two or three passes that I saw a week that weren't like, you know, that weren't like completely uncatchable. But like, he had like a few drops, but none of them were like egregious. If you watch the film, there are some egregious drops. There was nothing that that really stood out negatively with Jalen Tolbert, other than the fact that South Alabama listed him at six foot four and he measured in at six one and a half. Never trust teams. He lost two and a half inches of height, Devin. Yeah, definitely. Also, not. But Khalil Shakir, 
from Boise. I know this is your guy. This is Austin's guy. He's so smooth. Yeah. I'm going to steal this from Daniel Jeremiah. If we're comparing him to 90s R&B songs, he's Sade's smooth operator. Yeah, he's... There's a he's reference one, you didn't expect. I did not, but... Yeah, he, I thought he had the, the best releases, probably, of all the receivers down at the senior bowl. Um, just being able to, you know, change up the tempo, uh, showcasing his uh, ability to to get off press. There were a few reps, especially in the rain, where he kind of struggled, and, and he definitely did not have a great day, too. But day one and day three, he showed that, you know, he can create separation. And I think that was the biggest question mark because – while he was a, uh, you know, kind of a shifty slot type of player, really didn't see a lot of situations where he was manned up and creating a ton of set separation. So he showed that he could do that and do that at a high level. But, I mean, I, I think the the two players, I think, probably had the best weeks are definitely Christian Watson from North Dakota State and uh, Calvin Austin from Memphis. I think – those those two stood out above the rest in, in terms yeah. of what they were able to do and uh, really turn some heads. Christian Watson, man, no one at uh, what was his height? Six three, six four, six foot four. Yeah, no one at and he that was height. listed at six four. He was legit the same height. Take take notes, Jalen Tolbert. Be tall. But uh, he, he there's no one. He should not be moving that fast. That's mm-hmm. at that height. I, I thought he did a really good job uh, showcasing his release package showcasing uh, his hands, uh, big body ability. Um, he made some tough, th- tough catches all week long, uh, back shoulder over the middle. Uh, and, and even that impressive uh, rep that he had on day three, where he was falling mid route, caught himself and caught the ball. So it was, it was very impressive. Yeah. I, I totally agree. First of all, uh, Christian Watson should not be able to move that smoothly and that quickly at that size. Um, if he was wearing, uh, USC, Alabama, Michigan helmet, hell, if he was wearing even a Minnesota helmet, we're, we'd know a lot more about him. And that's not to say that like North Dakota state, some piddly ass small schools, just like he's not getting the recognition because not many people have gotten eyes on him. I am now. So I want North Dakota state film in the worst way, Devin. I am so excited. And then Calvin Austin the third from Memphis, man. Listen, Thanks, yes, he is five foot seven. He is 180 pounds or whatever. He might legitimately be four two five fast. You and he I, I tweeted this out. Most wide receivers that are pure speed guys are not the greatest route runners. Calvin Austin is not most fast wide receivers. This dude runs with precision in his routes. And then he also embarrasses you when he makes cuts. He had one on day three indoors where I was just in awe. Like it was a, it was a route where he goes upfield, cuts, right, literally turns a, a full 180 and darts the other way. And that, that poor corner, man, it, it 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 made me so excited, Devin. And then honorable mention at wide receiver goes to Bo Melton of Rutgers. Again, not a, a lot of eyes on him because Rutgers, and 
I mean, our, the big shots journey with Rutgers over the past three years has been something, isn't it, Devin? But I thought really good release packages uh, could beat press showed well in the drills. Yeah. He's a little small. Is he going to be a day three guy? Absolutely. But he may not be like a round six guy. He might be a round, you know, round five guy. Yeah. And that's all you can really ask for in a situation like this. Now, Devin, you're a former college tight end. You were studying the tight ends intensely. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the only players I heard mentioned at tight end the entire week were Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State Mm -hmm. and Trey McBride from Colorado State was what else happened with the tight ends? I'll tell you what, Greg Dolchich showed some ability blocking. I think that was going to be a question mark for him because we knew he had the rack ability. He's one of the faster tight ends, him and Isaiah Likely uh, in this group. And I think uh, Dosage, he really showed the ability to be in in, in line tight end. He's not just a, uh, you know, like a, a F style tight end where he's going to mainly run routes and, and block here and there. I think he, he can, in some sets, you can put him in, in line and he can handle his one-on-one duties. I thought he show significant growth over the week. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, I thought, uh, looked pretty good as well. I thought he showed some more receiving outside than people thought. A lot of people came in thinking with the small amount of receptions he had at San Diego State that he was going to be mainly a blocking tight end, but he did a really good job, uh, you know, showing off his receiving ability, winning in one-on-one uh, reps and, and showing that he's he's more of a full package tight end and not just a one-dimensional type guy. I thought I really didn't learn anything about, uh, you know, I don't know why I just blanked us, Char- Charlie Kolar. He really didn't show me anything uh, this week, to be honest. Uh, he has Sounds like my scouting report on him. Yeah, but uh, he I don't think he did anything that showed me he's the top five tight end in this class, to be honest, because he's going to be a tight end two at best at the NFL level. And and where do teams value that day three? So I, I don't see second, third round buzz that he was getting uh, prior to the scene. But, but I'm he, so he, glad this is not a visual podcast. Right? But uh, he he did not look great, um, in, in my opinion. I'm trying to go down some of those lists. I thought Isaiah likely had a, a solid week, but once again, uh, blocking just was not there. You know, I, I know you like Isaiah likely, but to me, and I know some people thought he had a really good week. I don't think he did anything that we didn't see on this tape already. Exactly. So I, I think that was the thing for me. It's like when I'm stacking up these tight ends, I'm trying to, keep in mind what they already have in, in, mm. in the toolbox. So to me, it really comes down to record and McBride. And I love Trey McBride, but I think this week highlighted more than anything that he really struggles separating. And I know people are, are not as concerned about that, but to me, that's going to be a concern because Sure, he, he's a safety route runner. Sure, he uses his body well. Sure, he's a, an aggressive blocker. But I think when you look at how teams are going to value him, I don't think he's going to go as high as people think. You know, I, I think he's going to probably go late round two, early round three, 
and probably not going to go top 50 as some people think. But I will tell you, I do think Jeremy Rucker is going to go higher than what people think. I know our guy Dante Colinelli has a fourth round grade on him, and and I don't, you know, I I, I don't hate that at all because I think his tape shows inconsistency. But when I saw the senior bowl was a foundation that he built that he has some serious upside. I saw the separation he was creating and, and he obviously pulled out. Uh, I, I can't remember why I think it was due to injury or something like that, but he, he showed a really good foundation. Uh, he, he was able to block in the trenches, uh, able to create separation, making the tough catches over the middle as well, just like McBride. But I think there's a little bit more speed to his game, a little bit more uh, nuance in the route running aspect. So I think Rucker is, is going to climb up draft boards. I don't think he's going to be the first tight off the board, but I think he's going to be in that mix with Trey McBride. So we'll see what happens. I think that for Trey McBride, a, a great week would have c- cemented him as potentially tight end one. I think comfortably tight end one is Jalen Weidermeyer. I think he's the only one that I would probably take in that top 50 out of any of them. And like you said with Isaiah Likely, listen, I've done, I've done his scouting report. He's great. Uh, he's a pretty good route runner. He can get separation. He attacks a soft spot in the defense. It's everything you want in a spacing tight end. He tries with his blocking. He's just not good at it. Okay. Like that's the thing. I appreciate the effort. It's the fact that, you know, his body composition isn't great for it. And it's not what he was there for. He's basically an oversized wide receiver. So I treat him as such. It's, with wide receivers, you want them to at least try to block. It's very different with, say, a, a Charlie Kolar, who is basically an undersized right tackle that just happens to you know to run routes because Kohler should be able to block and can't. Yeah, I agree. And I know, um, I know, I know. I've been labeled like the biggest Charlie Kohler hater on the planet. <laughs> People have joked that he's this year's Pete Werner for me. I, I would argue that I think Pete Werner had some upside charlie kohler i don't i i don't get it and i I think that in a week where in a week where like again you had mcbride you had rucker you had likely you had guys that are going to be at the top of the position what is kohler going to do to stand out and he the answer was not a whole lot well i will say as well that i think kohler is going to be a very specific skill set of a tight end like you're going to use them in the red zone you're going to use them to be a blocker you know you're going to use them in very specific sets you're going to use them to be a blocker i i thought he he did a pretty good job blocking this week so i wouldn't i wouldn't bank on it man i wouldn't bank on it that's all i'm gonna say all right let's move on one last tight end to touch on because i don't want people to be upset uh, Jake Ferguson, I thought, had a solid week. But similar to Kolar, I, I don't think he showed anything we didn't already know. So I wanted to get his name in there because I, I didn't want Wisconsin fans being mad because I forgot him. Devin, there may not have been a more up uh, – outside of the wide receivers, there may not have been a more up-and-down group than the Senior Bowl offensive line. Jeez. Um, First of all, it did not help that they were up against just elite competition every single snap i mean it's really hard to get good reps when you have to go up in a row let's say against like oh 
here's Fedarian Mathis. And then you get Devontae Wyatt. And then you get you get Jermaine Johnson. Like it was it was nuts, man. But yeah. let's talk about let's talk about the offensive line. I mean, this was this was my jam this week. I was I, I was studying. I was I, I was so excited about this group. They had some ups and downs, man. Can I start? I'm going to start with the small school guys specifically. And what I mean by the small school guys is I want to talk about Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. I want to talk about Max Mitchell from Louisiana. I want to talk about Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan. And I want to talk about Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. All of them showed that there's a reason there's a, there's a, a sizable gap between the elites at the tackle of Evan Neal Ekamakwanu and Charles Cross, and then them. Penning was getting overextended a lot. Um, Max Mitchell got bull rushed a few times by by the bigger, stronger defensive ends because Max Mitchell's only like three hundred five pounds at like six five. Um, Bernard Ryman, listen, it's everything that we've talked about over the course of the year. He's a great developmental tackle but at the same time bernard ryman turns 25 in september how long are you going to develop him for he's going to be hitting his prime technically in like a year or two so that's a little worrying braxton jones i thought was okay he had his moments i I think you could agree with me on this one where you know he would get someone, but then he'd let, you know, he'd let power into him way too, you know, uh, you know, way too easily, or he'd get overextended. Um, the one thing I will say with Trevor Petting, I think my favorite um, attribute about his game that really presented itself this, this week, Devin, was the fact that he just doesn't like people at all. Every single rep with him, it's a UFC cage fight. He wants to just beat the tar out of the person across from him. And he he got both sides, offense and defense, a little riled up on day three because Ty, Tyreek Smith, the, the edge rusher from, uh, from Ohio State, those two were going at it all day, all day. It seemed like every time you know it was a rep for one of them, it was against the other one. So they had like six or seven reps, and they had been going at it all week. But Penning got basically stood over him and, and, and shoved him on the way back up um, again. But like, as much as you love the aggressiveness, the hand speed's a little lacking. Like I get, I, I now understand why people like Trevor Penning. I just can't sign off on like the, the round one. And with Bernard Ryman, I know that's your guy, but I, under no circumstances should a 25 year old rookie be getting selected in round one. That's I'm why sorry. I don't I don't have a first or second round grade on it. So uh, yeah, I <laughs> here's the thing, like the Penning, Penning, Mitchell, uh, and Ryman, these are great guys to get in round three. The problem I have is that their 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 hype right now is that they're round one guys and they're not. Uh other offensive line, I thought that Zion Johnson was probably the the most consistent big name down there. And I say big name first, because there's someone that I thought definitely outperformed him. He had a a down day too. I mean, Perry and Winfrey threw him. Travis Jones on day three sent him into orbit, which was, uh, it it, it was a sight. I'll tell you that much. But like 
top to bottom, he was very consistent. He went in as a fringe round one player, and I thought he, he pretty much left the same way. Uh, but I think the biggest riser at offensive line, there, there are two of that, that come to mind. One is Chris Paul, not, not the one that's playing for, for, for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the one from Tulsa, uh, the kind of guard tackle. He had, he had a rep, and I want to say it was on the first – yeah, it was the first day of practice. Poor Amari Barno, man. <laughs> he sent him into the dirt. It, it was beautiful. Uh, he had a great week. And then, Devin, you and I are going to have to get our hands on some UT Chattanooga film because Cole Strange, the safety out of Chattanooga, he was one of the best offensive linemen down there. Yeah. I was, he... I was really surprised. I think and another one, just for uh, before I, I, I elaborate on, on Cole Strange, is Jamari Salyer, the, the offensive lineman from Georgia. But with, with Strange, I mean, comes in undersized, UT Chattanooga, dude doesn't wear gloves. And yeah, there were some reps where he got got, but he also was stonewalling some dudes. Like he had some good reps against guys like Travis Jones. And Travis Jones, we'll talk about him on the other side of the break, but he was he 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 did well for himself. But Cole Strange, man, what was your takeaway with the offensive line? Yeah, I, I thought some of the same guys, you know, you highlighted. I thought Matt Willesco from North Dakota also had a solid week. Um, Bit up and down, but again, solid. You know, North Dakota, you're looking at him and probably round four, round five. Developmental guy. Yeah, Swing this is about what, where like I graded that. him. But I, I think he solidified like he's probably going to go early day three because uh, teams have uh, a foundation to work with him. Uh, looking at some of the, the other offensive line, I thought Andrew Stuber had a, a nice last few days as well yes. um, from Michigan. Um, looking looking at some of these other dudes uh, on the list, Marquise Hayes had his up and down moments. Um, I, I was a little disappointed by a, a few a few names, though. Abraham Lucas really did nothing, uh, in my opinion, over he the got, course he of got the week. He got worked a few times, too. Uh, I think it was Dang. by Jay Sanders that sent him flying. Daniel Falele uh, really didn't do much after day one. Uh, I know he, he was a talk of the town because of his uh, measurables, but I, I didn't really see a whole bunch from him that showed me he should go round one. So the round, round, round one hype for him wasn't great. Darian Kennard, same thing. Uh, I thought he really struggled uh, leaning into players, uh, leaning to guys and, and not truly uh, using his hands. Uh, just a big dude, but him and Falele, man, they, they struggled this week against, mm-hmm. against guys that can use their hands really well. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's what st- kind of stood out to me with some of those guys. Spencer Burford, I thought he was just not great. Uh, but I, He had I, a couple of good reps on day three, but he was very inconsistent. But uh, Luke Fortner, I thought he had a really, really good week uh, and, and showcase. He can, he can play some center. So I, I thought he, he had a solid week. Uh, he's probably the the second best center behind Zion Johnson. Oh, third best, my bad. Cole Strange and, and Zion Johnson were were the the, the best two. But by the way, other the than that, that, man, everything else is a mixed bag for these linemen. The fact that we're talking about you know the you know the three top centers, and I I I haven't watched two of them uh, because I've only watched Zion. I haven't gotten to to uh oh geez why have i forgotten his name now uh uh, uh, luke fortner i thought he did well i mean i I was you know you you can say what you will i mean he's a 
guy that's 6'6", 305, 310, something like that. I, I, I know he came in at about 300 even uh, uh, for the week. But, like, still definitely learning the position. This guy went to Kentucky as an offensive tackle and then moved further and further in because of just how stacked Kentucky's offensive linemen. The Every year was. they bring in two or three linemen to Mobile. Landon Young, Drake Jackson. Uh, now, I mean, but getting back to your point on on Lucas, uh, Falele, and Kennard, they had the same issues. I mean, the problem with with Lucas is he stands straight up, and I believe it was my Jay Sanders. I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, it was my Jay Sanders that just embarrassed him on a few reps. And powered right through. Yeah, the one that powered him basically into the goal post on his back. Uh, that was by Jay Sanders. By Jay Sanders also got the best of um, of Daniel Falele, who that should never happen because my Jay is about 250, weighed in like 250, 255, something like that. Daniel Falele weighed in at 387 pounds. So there's 130 pounds between the two of them. And because Falele has this bad tendency in pass pro to go on his on, on the backs of his of his heels Sa- Sanders can convert speed to power and if you're off balanced against him you're ending up on your back that's exactly what happened and then Darian Kennard he overextended and the other thing was like you said he was leaning you'd find him where his head is where his eyes are over his toes and as a former lineman if your eyes are over your toes you're overextended your balance is off and it's it happened a lot where this defensive line group was able to go, he's overextended, great. Pull down, there's the quarterback. Yep. Yep. Was was very disappointing just collectively. Uh, Thought the offensive line group was going to have a better week and just didn't Every single player there had – and and Connor Rogers summed this up on uh, PFF's podcast on Thursday. Like, we have to understand – Yes. Friend of the show, Connor Rogers, explained this. Like, we have to understand at the end of the day that this is practice and they are learning. This is a learning process. And we're recording this Friday at 11 a.m. So the the senior bowl itself doesn't kick off, like the game does not kick off until uh tonight at I believe eight o'clock on NFL Network. I thought it was an afternoon game, 2:30. Is it after it, oh never mind? I always think it's a night game. I don't know why. I don't know why I think it's a night game, but no, you're no, right. That it was is a shrine. Game. That was a shrine. That was a night game. I thought they both were. Uh, it, you can tell I've never actually stuck around in Mobile for the game. Don't tell Jim Nagy. Um, but it'll come full circle when we watch the actual game. Are the guys that 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 struggled in practice still struggling in the game? Are the guys that that started to peak late? carrying that momentum through it, 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 it. It's all about the full week. It's not just about the practices and it's not just about the game. It's the full week. How, and then of course there's the stuff we're not privy to the, the uh, team, the meetings with teams, the, you know, how they are, um, you know, outside of where the media can see we weren't down there in person. So we don't know how they were on media day. Like I, I have stories from, from our from my one year down there in January, 2020 that I can't share from media day, but like there are certain things that just, they stand out that we don't always get to see. That's what I'm trying to get to. And at the end of the day, this is practice. It's, the film does speak 
uh, more than just like the one week down at the showcase as much as as much as we love the senior bowl it's not the be all end all let's take a break when we come back Devin and i are going to talk about the defense i want to thank our friends over at jersey house for sponsoring today's show no one likes paying full price for jerseys and thanks to jersey House, you don't have to anymore Jersey House has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey, or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. Head on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world, and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15%. All right, we are back. Devin, good grief. We get to talk about these defensive linemen. Uh, can we just name all of them winners? A lot of them are. I mean, a lot. Yeah, you'll be hard pressed to find, uh, you know, defensive linemen that didn't have a good week. Uh, but we go ahead and start with the obvious big winner. Of the week, Jermaine Jermaine Johnson. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Best I, I don't, player in I don't think we, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on this, but because everyone that watched the Senior Bowl knows he had a phenomenal week, but he set the tone on day one, and from there he only continued to ascend. Could not be blocked all week long. I, I really can only count a handful of reps where a, a player really stymied him. I mean, he he was just. Phenomenal. A lot of questions coming in. People wondering if his sacks were a product of him just being the most athletic dude on on the Florida State defensive line, or was he actually that good? And we got that question answered. Uh, He's actually that good. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on him, but but he had a phenomenal week. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson didn't need to play uh, for day three. He pulled himself out. I, I wonder whether or not he plays today or he just decided, you know what, I kicked enough ass over the first two days. I don't think uh, he needs to play in the game, to be honest. <laughs> really. I mean, maybe he gets, what, two sacks? And then you're like, okay, you know, maybe I'm going to take him top 15 now. So we'll see. I, I legit, like, th- this was someone where it was, you know, end of round, you know, end of round one, early day two. I think he sealed day one. It's day one all day. Yep. Next one, Perry and Winfrey. Another yep. another really good week. You know what? I'm actually glad I haven't done his final report yet because I get to include how he did down in Mobile, too. Yep. He, 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 had a he mauled too. Zion Johnson on a few occasions. Yep. Uh, and I would be remiss. I'll let you talk about him, but – because uh, I, I, I did watch some offensive line and defensive line, but I didn't study it in full, and you did. So I'll let you go ahead and uh, talk about UConn's Travis Jones. Oh, my God. This is, this is brand guy supreme for, for Dante Colinelli. This dude is big. 6'4", about 325, 84, 85-inch wingspan, something ridiculous like that. Love, love the dudes that have just, like, freakishly long arms absolutely love it uh strong as an ox uh jeez he whooped on cole strange a bit he he whooped on everyone actually let's just let's call a spade a spade uh good grief he's so strong man for a dude with long arms you you know you want your defensive lineman to bench press basically the offensive line well he'd bench press you and then you either just got released from him and ended up, you know, going a few yards back 
or he'd just decide he's going to pull you now when you do a face plant. That was Travis Jones the entire week. Uh, I don't think there were many reps where you could say he lost. You, you didn't beat Travis Jones. You survived Travis Jones this week. Uh, and th- like legitimately, he just played with violence every single snap. I'm literally watching him uh, as we're talking about this, ripping through and throwing Cole Strange, uh, who again, I just said was one of the biggest winners. That's going to be, that's the one that, that's going around the internet the most. Um, he, he beat up on everyone, man. Every single person that they put. Andrew Stoiber, he, oh. Uh, I think his one bad rep was day three against Andrew Stoiber, where he tried to, he ended up going too low and Stoiber basically sat on, you know, like, you know, sat him down, you know, face planted him. But then Jones got up again and kept going. So, like, you are never out of it with Travis Jones. Uh, him and Zion every day was just awesome. Zion was getting thrown by, by Travis Jones. Travis Jones might compare to Zion Williamson with just how much of a unit he is. Uh, I, cannot, I cannot stress enough just how much I loved watching Travis Jones this week. Good grief. Yeah. He had, he had, a, he had a really good week, man. Here's a week. Here's a here's a potential day one offensive lineman in Zion Johnson, and watches Travis Jones outright humiliates him a few times. Yeah, it, it was. He's crazy. probably a top fifty player now. Oh, absolutely. I, I think you know coming in, he was probably what borderline top one hundred. But I, mean, uh, he, I, I had him. I had him in around like that top seventy five. Well, well I'm, I meant like you know just general consensus. Oh uh, no, around... I, I still think around the league he was being talked about in that in that third round. But guys, if you want fun, literally just go onto Twitter, search Travis Jones, and then just scroll through the videos. Yep. Every single matchup. He went up against, like I said, you didn't beat Travis Jones. You survived Travis Jones. Every single person. For sure. I think the next person probably to talk about in in terms of the defensive line group, probably Devontae Wyatt. uh, Yep. Had another good week as well. Um, Just, I mean, a lot of these dudes just show exactly what they showed on tape. Wyatt was one of the, the better interior defensive linemen on Georgia. Some people prefer him to Jordan Davis, and and he show why. I mean, he he's he is a force in the interior, and and, and definitely makes life hell for for offensive linemen. Yeah, um, uh, Devontae Wyatt. I, there, there, there's our there's our name drop for him for the podcast, so that Browning doesn't fire us. But no, he he was also fantastic. He didn't play. Um, I know he didn't do day three. I want to say he pulled out during day two, but he was feasting on day one, man. They couldn't block him. Uh, I thought that Jesse Lucetta was the better of the two Penn State edge rushers down there, which I wasn't really expecting. I thought that um, Ebikini was going to do a little bit better, but Lucetta was the one. Uh, actually, no, I think it was Lucetta that ended up just destroying um, Abraham Lucas. I said it was it was my Jay. It wasn't. It was Lucetta. Uh, he's got some power. Now, there's off field with him that he's definitely going to have to answer. Um, if you're wondering what it is, think Micah Parsons. Uh, but he he had a great week. He, uh, he also, unfortunately, 
poor Bernard Raymond is still trying to grab, it's still trying to get a hold of him. Um, he, he made, he made Raymond look, look, look really silly. Um, my J Sanders had a great week. Um, Kingsley and Igbari had a good week. Um, Devin, how many, how many defensive linemen and edge rushers were down there? Oh, I don't know because there was a lot of ones that pulled out late, got injured. So it was Dominique a lot of Robinson, Dominique Robinson, your guy, had a great week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for him, I think we saw exactly what I saw on tape. He's a high upside pass rusher. Still needs to add some mass. Still needs to be mm-hmm. better in in run, you know, run situation. But I mean, he showed in in some some of the team drills he can affect the game not only as a pass rusher but you know in, in the backfield as well. Uh, so in, on run play, so I, I think he he did himself a favor this week for sure. Uh, but I mean, like we talked about, it'd be hard pressed not to find a defensive lineman that didn't have a good week. Zachary Carter uh, from Logan Florida Hall. Had, had some good flashes, Logan Hall, like you said. I mean, John Ridgeway. I mean, they just. By the way, uh, I, I tweeted this out uh, on the first day of practice. John Ridgeway being nicknamed the Vanilla Gorilla is the most apt nickname I have ever seen in my life because that dude is strong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I mean, Luke Fortner. It got. Uh, I think it was Luke Fortner one route, one rep, and then Jatir Car- uh, Jatir. The kid from Southern. I, I, I have still not learned how to say his first name. Um, I'm sorry. You pulled a me. Yeah, I did. I pulled a you. I, I pulled a you on a name that's not that hard, to be honest. It's probably not that hard. <laughs> I'm probably overthinking it. But with with Ridgeway, I think, I think it was Carter, where he basically, like, stood him up, ripped him, and then he it was like, where did he go? <laughs> Well, how about that rep from Jermaine Johnson? He just dude, he which threw, one? He threw, the one he threw, he was just sitting there. Like, who's next? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah, um, he wanted but, to fight everyone, man. Well, I mean, I don't blame him if you want to fight Penning, but now nah, <laughs> on a serious note, um, I, I I thought Fedarian Mathis was the one name that disappointed me a little bit. I thought he was going to be. A little bit better in one-on-ones. I thought he was going to dominate because we saw in this tape, I mean, dude was pulling out all types of fast rush moves, beating nearly everyone in front of him. But I just didn't see that strength he showed in the game. So he was throwing dudes on tape, but I thought he was going to be for sure the one throwing dudes uh, down in Mobile. But I was a little disappointed uh, with his not, – not because I don't think he had a bad week, but I thought he was going to have – a Jermaine Johnson, Travis Jones type of week, but he did. Uh, we can we can get to this next part a little quicker, Devin, because linebacker is again another position where it's really hard to find at these All Star games who the winners are because the drills are set up that in coverage you're you're, you're going to fail, and then when rushing you're basically hitting speed bumps. Uh, but the names that that seem to stand out for the, over the course of the week: Troy Anderson from Montana State, Darian Beavers from Cincinnati, and Chad Muma from Wyoming. Yeah, to me, what was scary was that Muma and Anderson were on the same team and at the same time, and no one could run on them at all. Like Muma would cover the front side, make tackles. Anderson would be on the back side. 
and he was sifted through make tackles. It was, so it was an unfair combination between the two guys because uh, they're they're just simply talented and have a, a tremendous closing speed. But let me go wax poetic on Troy Anderson. So for those who don't kind of and I kind I think I talked to Mike about him before, but this is a guy who played running back linebacker his first year at Montana State, played quarterback, was a first team all conference at quarterback for Montana State, switches to outside linebacker and plays that. And then his final year, he plays inside linebacker. So do played pretty much every position uh, across the board. Just tremendous uh, size speed combo. Um, and, and ultimately down at the Mo, uh, down in Mobile, I think he of, of the small school guys besides Cole Strange, I think he he probably gained the most traction in terms of his, his draftability. Uh, I, I think he probably went from probably fifth, sixth rounder. I, I would not be surprised if a team took a swing on him late third, early fourth, because uh, he has a kind of that rare size combo, probably plays Will Sandbacker, but uh, I saw some upside in coverage. He has some really good reps in man coverage. I know he got beat. Uh, a few times, like yesterday, he got beat pretty badly by Tyler Beatty. But, I mean, which linebacker is going to cover him? I mean, at the college level, probably none. Yeah. Probably very – maybe the the top half of the league is able to cover him, but not everyone's going to be able to cover him one-on-one. So I'm not surprised by that. But he had good reps against tight ends. Uh, he, had, he had good reps uh, rushing uh, or beating, uh, you know, the running backs and tight ends on, on that one-on-one drill. There was a lot that he did that that impressed me, and I, I I thought coming in he had some questions about his coverage and if he his eye discipline. I think there's still a little bit of question with that because he is just a reactionary type linebacker where he sees something and he goes attacks. But I do think he he built a nice nice foundation. He took coaching very well uh, from from NFL an co- NFL coaching staff. So I thought he had the best week by far of any linebacker. But Chad Muma, I think also solidify he's going to be a second or third round pick. Now, Devin, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask how Brad Guy Supreme for me, Terrell Bernard did. I don't think he practiced. I, I don't he really remember. I don't think he practiced. Because um, that's the thing. I just searched. I'm like, I don't remember seeing a Baylor helmet. Yeah, I, I don't think he practiced this week. And then I didn't see any clips with his name. He might have – maybe he's, he's – He's just down there because I know he's down there. Yeah, he's down there. I mean, Baylor posting pictures of him there, but he yeah. did not really practice. Okay. So, so that makes a lot of sense because I was wondering why there was radio silence on him. Uh, yeah, apparently he tweaked his hamstring. So okay, yeah, I I left like linebackers and and, and, and running backs to other to to other analysts. Yeah, because but, like, but um, it just it sucks because he didn't practice. Cameron Thomas didn't practice, also had a hamstring issue. Thought that he would have blown up as well. Man, I it, it was it was a little bit tough. Took a little bit of a blow with my brand, but but I, I will say uh I, I was impressed with those who did practice and, and Troy Anderson probably uh is moving up the brand board for sure. Let's move on to defensive backs just in general. We'll start with corners, then we'll then we'll quickly touch on the safeties as well. Uh, corners, this is this is definitely difficult, Devin, because, again, you are set up to fail in, in these instances where 
it, the one-on-ones are designed so that the offensive, uh, so that the wide receiver basically embarrasses you. Um, but I want to talk about some guys that, that definitely stood out first. I knew nothing about Josh Williams from Fayetteville state. I thought he was one of the better quarters down here. Yep, he didn't yep, care. He, he, he competed hard on every single snap. Yeah. He, he, even when he was initially beat, he, he had a really nice recovery mm-hmm. speed and, and on the revenue post last night of him and Khalil Shakir. I mean, Shakir probably catches that nine out of 10 times, but he was able to, to get in and, and dislodge the ball. But I thought he showed he can he can play with NFL level receivers. I thought that was the biggest thing takeaway for him. Not necessarily he won every rep or won no. a lot of reps, but being able to hang with these guys, get pass breakups, not really get beat beat too often. I thought yeah. he he did a really solid job this week. Uh, Roger McCreary, it showed in the uh, times where he had to play zone that 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 he's never done that. He's never done it, and <laughs> like. He's literally only been an outside man corner uh, corner at at Auburn, and he came in with sub thirty uh, inch arms, which is going to take him off of some teams' boards. But and they shouldn't, because he's still really good. He's still really good, and you know what? Could he move inside? Maybe I I think he's going to be a little bit more of a work in progress, unless he lands where he can just go man. Yeah, it's probably not going to be anywhere really i mean some yeah. teams like to play man situationally but no one's playing man on a down and out basis so he's gonna, gonna that, be a learning yeah. curve for him for sure he's gonna i mean also mccreary came to auburn as a wide receiver like fully as a wide receiver didn't play corner in high school so he's still yeah. very much still learning the position it's a bit of a learning curve with him i thought that a caleb evans from missouri did okay uh mm-hmm. didn't really like hurt himself in any way, but just didn't really stand out. Tariq Castro-Fields was okay. Tariq Woolen from uh, UTSA was okay. Biggest winner at corner for me, though, Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Yeah, he had a really good week. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt also had a really good week as well from Nebraska before uh, he chipped his tooth. <laughs> well, he might have chipped his tooth on the rep that got browning of a whole bunch of negative messages for yeah. no apparent reason. Listen, all he said was that Cam Taylor Britt chose violence. He did not say that it was a, it was good, a good rep. rep. Yeah. Like uh, I said, you, th- this is, so I know this is why I explain the reps that I post because I want it to be clear on my position on what's happening in the play because people do like to take clips and run with it and build narratives off of it. So I, I mean, I, if we, if it's a quick sidebar, someone told me that a route from Calvin Austin that sent the, the defensive back, you know, reeling five yards because of a, a hitch, like he was faking a hitch and go, and then he uh, ran like an extra yard or two, then hit a comeback route, which again, lost the defender. By the time he caught the ball, he had about 15 yards of separation, was a bad route from Calvin Austin because, quote, it took him three seconds between when he started his route and when he caught the ball. And Aaron Donald makes sure that you don't have three seconds, so it's a bad rep. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, but, in but terms seriously. Of quarters, <laughs> in terms of quarters that disappointed, Darian Kendrick. Biggest disappointment, without a doubt. I, I don't really think it's close. And it's not because... 
and it's kind of the same thing with Fidaria Math. It's not because he's not good, you know, or he's not, you know, showing that he, he could be a first round corner. It's just he, he didn't cover anybody really well all week. One on ones, he got exposed from day one. Um, and I really didn't see much of him after that. And, and it was it was disappointing, man, because uh, you would have thought Darian Kendrick, his background, I mean, he's being talked about as a first round pick before everything happened with Clemson and he left. It, it just wasn't great, man. It just wasn't great. You know, you, you just would have thought that, um, you know, with his pedigree and, and what he's shown, he'd be better. But, I mean, Velas Jones creating separation on him. Um, like I said, Jalen Tober, I think, burned him on the very first rep. So it's like, what's, what's going on, man? You know, and it's it's not not comforting to see you get beat like he did. So I I don't know, man. I know some people thought he had a pretty good week, but man, I I just didn't see a lot of wins from him. And somebody of his caliber, I thought his hips looked a little stiff, to be honest, especially at, at the line of scrimmage. He he just got stuck uh and, and got beat pretty easily. So he got well, beat on a deep rep by Jalen Tolbert on day one that that just left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, hopefully, you know, he, he kind of shows out the game and, and kind of brings some of that back in, but but he definitely had a struggle week at, in Mobile for sure. Uh, but other defensive backs uh, of no Jalen Watson, I thought, had a, a pretty good week, uh, in my opinion, um, has, has that length that you look for in a corner, although I do think he's probably going to be a cover two, cover three corner. I don't see him uh, being being a man corner off the bat. So I think he's going to be a scheme fit. But everyone else, I thought, really didn't make much of a difference or was just okay. So so I got for, for DB. I, Mario Goodrich had some some good reps, but uh, I, I thought Zion McCollum was a little bit out of place. I, I don't think he really necessarily belonged. I know Ian Cummings is a big fan of him, but – I, I, I don't think he he had, did himself favors this week. And then, Dev, there, there was one clear winner at the safety position this week. We're going to, on, on the count of three, we're going to say it at the same time, okay? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Jalen Petrie. I will say, I, I do think him and Kirby Joseph had the best weeks at safety. I thought Joseph showed his versatility a little bit more. But in terms of just being playing menace in every level, it was definitely Jalen Petrie. Um, he can cover. He can tackle. He showed he can cover deep. Just Jalen throw him Petrie. on the field, man. It doesn't matter put, yeah, where you put, put him. <laughs> put him anywhere. Swiss Army knife type guy, which sure. is exactly what you want to see from him. Him and him and Kirby Joseph on the same team was just plain not. It was not fair. fair. It's not fair because <laughs> Petrie is like making plays in the box, and then you try to go over the top. Kirby Joseph is there. You know, he, he's a true one of the true uh, single high safeties in in this class. So, uh, I I just nah, I just don't get it, man. It's just not fair, but, man. It's just not fair. But yeah, those, those two had the best weeks in at safety without a doubt. Um, trying to think 
Otherwise, safety, JT Woods had some good moments from Baylor. Uh, I thought he ran the alley really well. Um, and, and He's more of a ball-playing safety. He's a yeah. ball-playing safety. I think he showed a little bit more versatility uh, to his game. You can throw him uh, near the box, and he can make some plays as well. But I don't think he did anything, you know, uh, to, like, seriously change his stock. I thought of the safeties, though, uh, Josh Thompson and Yusuf Corker did nothing for me, to be honest. Yusuf Corker was getting burned a lot. I don't really see it with him. Oh, I'm sorry. I just love the way you put that out there. Uh, Josh Thompson did nothing for me. Listen, I tried to to key on on these safeties to see, like, are they going to be able to do anything? Josh Thompson, he was – I mean, he, he was covering his zone pretty well in zone coverage, but I, he didn't really make any plays on the ball. He didn't really affect anything. So I, I thought he was out there getting cardio, to be honest. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I, I just didn't see much from him. Uh, not in to terms be of, disrespectful, but this man was out there just getting listen, cardio. I, I, was a, I was a little bit frustrated. Not to be disrespectful, man. but I'm about to be disrespectful. No. Listen, I was a little bit dis- <laughs> not dis- a little bit disappointed with the, the safety group in general. I just, I just thought there were guys that made plays. I think Leon O'Neill was going to be a box safety. It, he he can hit dudes. He likes to come downhill. So it, the coverage is still a little bit lacking. I think he's a little too grabby at the top of routes. One on ones, he was grabbing everybody, but. He's physical. Uh, kind of same thing with Cam Taylor Britt. I do think Taylor Britt's the better cover cover player, and I think Britt is probably going to eventually move to safety at some point anyway. Because I just think his violence, the way he plays, there's no way he lasts that quarter. He's going to get a lot of flags. But um, Tyson Anderson, I thought he did had a pretty good week, uh, especially in one on one situations. I thought, you know, that was going to be that was my question coming in. How would he fare in one on one situations? Because he opens up his hips late and, and he's always recovering on the play. And he's still a little bit of that, but I think he showed some some closing speed and, and made some plays in the box as well. And, and I think he's going to be a terrific special teams player early on in his career. So he's definitely going day three. Um, but of the safeties, I mean, it was Jalen Petrie, Kirby Joseph, and everybody else. Yep. Listen, we could go on all day. But we've already gone on for well over an hour. So we're going to call it here. That's going to do it for today. As always, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at Real D underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. By the way, if you needed a place to get some Senior Bowl content, Blue Chip Scouting is the place to go. And until next time, guys, take it easy. <laughs>